Hello and welcome to the Byron York Show, the No Chit Chat Podcast. We like to get right into it, and what we're going to get into today is an exploration of what a lot of people call a two-tiered system of justice. And it revolves around a phrase, perhaps you've heard it, perhaps you haven't, a phrase that is, a riot is the language of the unheard. And uh, that phrase came from Martin Luther King Jr. in 1966, and it plays a role in this podcast. So uh, that's a little preview there. But let's start. Let's start on February 7th of last year, 2022. Tom Cotton, he's the Republican senator, is on the Senate Judiciary Committee, wrote a letter to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. And the letter was about the case of a man named Montez Lee. Uh, He was a man from Rochester, Minnesota. And he had uh, been sentenced to 10 years in prison. Why? Well, because he set a fire, he's an arsonist, he set a fire that killed a man during the Black Lives Matter riot in Minneapolis. And this is uh, a little bit of the background of that case. It was May 28th, 2020. Uh, You remember it was a pretty terrible time, a lot of riots going on. Happened in a pawn shop in Minneapolis, and Montez Lee and some others broke into the shop. And there's video, because fortunately for law enforcement, criminals often take video of themselves. Um, There was a video that showed looters ransacking the pawn shop. And then the video showed Montez Lee with a can, looked like a can of gasoline or some sort of flame accelerant, a liquid. He's pouring the liquid all across the floor from the can on the video. And then he lit the place on fire. Then there was more video of him after this, and he's outside and he's boasting about what he, done, what he had done. And this is what he said. This is an exact quote. He said, F- this place. We're going to burn this bitch down. Okay, so he's on video saying that. And then, then the video showed Lee and others joking about the restaurants that they were going to hit next, presumably by hitting, he means setting on fire. All right, well, the fire completely destroyed the pawn shop. No doubt about that. Uh, and it's not like the city comes in and cleans it up immediately, or the owners come in and clean it up immediately. So it sits there. A few days later, uh, a woman, completely unconnected to this, a woman reported that her son was missing. Okay, so they start looking for the son. He's a 30-year-old man with uh, five children. The son is missing. And they discover that his car was found near the pawn shop. And they searched the rubble of the pawn shop, and they found a body of this missing man. His name was Oscar Stewart, 30 years old, as I said, five kids. An autopsy showed that Stewart died of burns and smoke inhalation, and the death was ruled a homicide. It was not an accident. It was a homicide. So, Montez Lee is the guy who poured the gas or the accelerant all around the shop and then lit the fire and then bragged about it. So, he was in a lot of trouble. Uh, A lot of people would call this a felony murder, Uh, committing a murder in the act of committing a felony, being the arson. Now, this was not Montez Lee's first experience with the justice system. In addition to setting the fire that killed Oscar Stewart, He had prior convictions for burglary, for assault. He violated a no-contact order, uh, and also theft. Okay, so he had convictions for burglary, assault, theft, and violating the no-contact order. Now, 
Under these circumstances, you've got a guy who has set a fire that kills somebody, and he has a record of serious crimes. Well, under the circumstances, the Justice Department gave him a pretty good deal. He pleaded guilty to one count of arson. Now, then the question is, what should he be sentenced to? The Senate's guidelines called for 20 years in prison. Okay, then came his sentencing. Uh, The hearing was on January the 14th, uh, 2022. And he was prosecuted in federal court. The U.S. Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department, prosecuted this case. Um, And the prosecutors, in a memo to the judge, said, well, yeah, sentencing guidelines do call for Lee to be sentenced to between 235 and 240 months in prison. They they calculate these sentences in months, so 240 months is 20 years. Uh, so the, the guidelines call for, for Lee to be sentenced to between 235 and 240 months in prison. But that's not what the Justice Department wanted to sentence Lee. The Justice Department asked the judge to show leniency to Lee, asking that it be sentenced to just 144 months, that's 12 years, instead of 20 years. Okay, so the, the guidelines say 20 years, but we say, oh gosh, that seems like a whole lot Let's do 12 years. And in the end, the judge sentenced Lee to 10 years. Okay, so that's 120 months versus the 240 months in the guidelines. Okay, so what is the reason for this? I mean, this, this guy is a kind of a career criminal, certainly a habitual criminal, uh, commits a lot of felonies, and then he sets a fire that kills somebody. Well, I mean, what's the reason you go easy on this guy? So... The sentencing memorandum written by Justice Department prosecutors. Now, they conceded that Lee had committed a serious crime and that Oscar Stewart had died as a result of Lee's serious crime. So I'm going to read to you from the prosecution memo. I'll be doing that a little bit in the next couple of minutes. His assertion, that is Montez Lee's assertion, his assertion that he did not intend to hurt anyone is of little comfort to the family and friends Mr. Stewart left behind. Now, this is from the prosecutor's memo. Mr. Stewart's life has been cut short. A significant sentence is necessary in this case. And you think, okay, that's certainly true. A significant sentence is necessary in this case. And the sentencing guidelines call for um, 20 years, 240 months. So why is the Justice Department recommending a little more than half that? Well, they, they spell that out. It, it, the sentencing memo takes kind of an extraordinary turn. Yes, they say the guidelines do call for 20 years, but this is a quote. This is an extraordinary case. So you think to yourself, why is it an extraordinary case? Well, here's their reason. Quote, Mr. Lee's motive for setting the fire is a foremost issue. Okay, well, guidelines call for 20 years. We say a little more than half that. Why? Because it's extraordinary. Why is it extraordinary? Because his motive is a foremost issue. So this is a key passage from the sentencing memo explaining Mr. Lee's motive. Okay, I'm quoting here. Mr. Lee credibly states that he was in the streets to protest unlawful police violence against black men. And there is no basis to disbelieve this statement. Again, reading from the sentencing memo. Mr. Lee appropriately acknowledges that he could have demonstrated in a different way, but that he was caught up in the fury of the mob after living as a black man, watching his peers suffer at the hands of police. Still quoting from the memo here. As anyone watching the news worldwide knows, 
many other people in Minnesota were similarly caught up. There appear to have been people in those days, many people, looking only to exploit the chaos and disorder in the interest of personal gain or random violence. There also appear to have been many people who felt angry, frustrated, and disenfranchised, and who were attempting, in many cases, in an unacceptably reckless and dangerous manner, to give voice to those feelings. Mr. Lee appears to be squarely in this latter category. And even the great American advocate for nonviolence and social justice, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., stated in an interview in 1966 that, quote, we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. Okay, so that's where that phrase, language of the unheard, comes in. So the Justice Department is saying that uh, Mr. Lee is a hardened criminal. He's uh, had a lot of felonies before. Now he's set a fire that kills somebody. But we need to have leniency on him because he felt angry and frustrated and disenfranchised um, and that he was caught up in the fury of the mob. And by rioting, he was actually engaging in the language of the unheard. A riot is the language of the unheard. Now, if you look at the sentencing memo, the prosecutors published a video frame that showed Lee outside the pawn shop. He raised his fist in the air and kind of in a power gesture, okay? Now, to prosecutors, though, this gesture showed that he was at heart a well-meaning prosecutor and not a killer. Okay, I'm going to read to you again from the prosecution memo. The raised fist Mr. Lee showed and his brazenness in committing this crime is telling. Okay, wow, it's telling. It's, it indicates something. And quote again, Mr. Lee was terribly misguided and his actions had tragic, unthinkable consequences. But he appears to have believed that he was, in Dr. King's eloquent words, engaging in the language of the unheard. That's what the memo actually says. So he's raising his fist outside this um, pawn shop he has just burned down with the body of a man inside, raising his fist, and he appears to have believed that in Dr. King's eloquent words, he was engaging in the language of the unheard. And that, in, So in light of that, the prosecutors concluded that the 20-year guidelines, the sentencing recommendation, quote, does not appear appropriate. Mr. Lee, Montez Lee, should receive a lesser sentence. Now, this was, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you think this is the normal course of events, but it was really a jaw-dropping, hard-to-believe official justification for a deadly crime by a habitual criminal. Montez Lee was only protesting unlawful police violence. That's what the prosecutor said. He felt frustrated. He felt disenfranchised. He was caught up in the fury of the mob. And then they said, Judge... You must understand that even though the riot was deadly, and even though Lee played a particularly ugly role in it, he truly believed he was engaging in the language of the unheard. Okay, so that is how the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department, dealt with someone who committed a very, very serious crime during the Black Lives Matter riots in 2020. That was then. Now we're looking at something completely different, and we're going to talk about that next. 
the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. Ever heard of Goldilocks? Remember, bad news is not good news. No matter what they claim to say about Bidenomics, unemployment is still rising, wages remain stagnant, and job numbers are now revised. There's still no soft landing with this plane. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, I said I was going to talk about something completely different, a new turn in this story. First, I did want to say, if you been listening to the podcast, enjoying the podcast, maybe even learning from the podcast, it would be great. It would be super great if you could subscribe to the podcast. Free, easy, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, do it. It's free. This is the Justice Department saying that Montez Lee was was just protesting unlawful police violence, and he felt frustrated, and he felt disenfranchised, and he was caught up in the fury of the mob, and he was engaging in the language of the unheard. I mean, you may have thought that he was committing arson, that he was setting fire to a pawn shop and killing a man. But no, he was engaging in the language of the unheard. Okay, so that was then. That was way, way, way back in 2022. Now, of course, we are watching the same Justice Department seek extensive, sometimes draconian sentences against defendants who took part in the riot at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Those actions, unlike those of Montez Lee did not result in death. Yes, some rioters died, and indeed one policeman died, but his death has never been attributed to the actions of any person. No person has been charged with killing a police person or anybody else. Now, do prosecutors now routinely seek reduced sentences for defendants, January 6th defendants, by telling the judges that the rioters on January 6th felt frustrated? Do they seek reduced sentences by telling judges that the rioters felt disenfranchised? Do they concede that the rioters did get out of hand? But do they excuse that behavior by arguing that they were caught up in the fury of the mob? Do they ask for reduced sentences by quoting Martin Luther King to justify the rioters' act by contending that they really, really believed they were engaging in the language of the unheard? Of course, the answer to every question is no. Now, I started off this podcast by talking about a letter that Senator Tom Cotton had written to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. Cotton never talked about January 6th. The letter was just about the case of Montez Lee in Minnesota and the reduced sentence. But it asked one fundamental question. I'm going to quote Senator Cotton's question to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. Quote, does the Attorney General believe participation in a riot is a basis for leniency 
in sentencing individuals for violent crimes. Obviously, that is a question with far-ranging implications. It's been a year and a half since Senator Cotton asked that question, and guess what? The Attorney General Merrick Garland has not responded. Okay, so that's that's the podcast for today. That's the story I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the story of Montez Lee. And more importantly, what the Justice Department recommended, how it acted, how it excused his actions in a riot that was certainly out of control and with specific actions that resulted in a man's death versus how they're behaving now with rioters uh, in a completely different context in Washington, D.C. So... I'm really glad you could listen, always glad when you can tune in, and hope you can join us again soon for another edition of The Byron York Show. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who are breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app.